From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. As always, a special how-do to all of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations, the podcasts, of course, the live YouTube stream. Incidentally, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hi to all of you who take the uh, the show with you on your mobile device with the Conspiracy Show app. Wherever and however you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Open lines, now, until the bottom of the hour. We are instituting this as what we hope will be a permanent fixture, if it works out well, and uh, we'll do that every week, except for next week. Things are going to be mixed up a little bit next week, but then the following week, and then hopefully thereafter. Uh, our new format, which we launched tonight, will be in place. I hope you're enjoying it. Let me give you the numbers. 416, this is the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. And toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. 1-866-740-4740. Incidentally, next week on the program... Again, we will deviate from the new format. We just launched it, and then we're going to change it. Sorry about that. Couldn't be helped. But next week, uh, Les Caston will be on the program, and uh, he's written a number of books, uh, Alien Agenda and so forth. This one, or Alien Alien World Order, I believe, uh, we're going to talk about the reptilians. Fascinating, fascinating topic. The reptilians uh, with Les Caston. And Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our paranormal investigator, will be with us. And then James Conner, uh, who is... Um, taking part in this um, March Against Monsanto that's happening here in Toronto and around the world, I believe. So we'll talk about uh, GMOs with James Conner as well. That's next week on the program. Uh, and then just a heads up, coming up after the uh, the bottom of the hour, uh, we will speak with Dave Schock. I'm not sure if you've heard about this. It's called CubeSat for Disclosure. This is a, uh, a mini-satellite, low-Earth orbit satellite. The idea is they're going to launch it this group uh, that Dave Schock is spearheading, and it'll be used to hunt for UFOs or any other space anomalies. And Dave um, organized this crowdfunding, got the, and he raised the money, and they're actually going to launch this satellite. We'll find out more from Dave Schock at the, uh, the bottom of the hour. Uh, right now, oh, and again, congratulations to, uh, to Heidi and her husband, uh, who successfully identified what's in the box, a remote viewing experiment. And uh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, they sent it to me on Twitter, used the hashtag, and they did everything they were supposed to do, and then I just completely botched it and uh, and, and skipped right over their tweet. But uh, I went back, I found it, and uh, they identified our object, which again was banana. There you go. All right, let us go to the phones, and uh, let's say hi to Earl, who's joining us from Oakville. Earl, hello. Hi, Richard. I'd like to talk about vampires. I had an experience in 1989. I went to St. Petersburg, Florida, mm-hmm. and for some reason I couldn't sleep that week. And I I knew there was some presence around me, and then uh, um, I felt like I was being attacked by something. It was invisible. I couldn't see it, but I felt... I was bitten by something, you know, mm-hmm. and I started to um, hallucinate, you know, 
And that got me to thinking, wow, well, man, this is something strange going on here. I ended up in the hospital. I was sick, and I ended up in the hospital. And they ran a bunch of tests on me. And they, you know what the diagnosis was? Unknown. Did you have any bite marks on you? No, I, I just felt a sharp pain in the back of my neck. In the back of your neck? Yeah, in Interesting. the back of my neck. Is it possible you, you um, I don't know, uh, you were bitten by a mosquito or a spider? It's possible. It's a possible. spider venom possible. or something? But, you know, um, I um, I was admitted to hospital, and I, I um, they thought I was possessed, you know? Hmm. The because you were hallucinating. Possessed, because you were hallucinating. Yeah. And you were behaving so erratically. I was er- er- behaving irrationally. And, mm-hmm. and I went off the... Uh, I was in the hospital at the time, and I went off the property. I was smoking back then. I had smoked cigarettes. I stopped smoking a long time ago. Right. And um, they thought... Uh, they called the police on me, and uh, they said they have to bring him back to the hospital, you know? So, but I never did find out what the hell the problem was. Well, had it been a had it been a spider or something, they would have found the uh, the, yeah, the bite yeah, marks, yeah. and then, and they found but nothing. I was I was you know, and I became very sensitive to light, fluorescent light. Interesting. Uh, I couldn't, you know, it felt like a laser beam cutting through me, you know. Right, right. And I mean, it was a hell of an experience. Get the hell out of me. Huh. So, and uh, but to this day, I can't explain it. Well, I have uh, I've had a lifelong fascination with uh, vampires. One of yeah. my earliest memories, Earl, was being taken to the the drive-in theater in Brantford. Yeah. Uh, this would have been back in the late '60s. Yeah. And. Uh, Back in those days, I mean, you know, my parents, they didn't have money for babysitters. So if they wanted to yeah, go out and see yeah. a movie, they took us with us. And they, yeah. they all piled into the back of our 1966 or six, it was a 62 Valiant station wagon. And we headed off to the uh, the Breezes Drive-In in Brantford because my parents wanted to see, it was a Debbie Reynolds, Dick Van Dyke movie called Divorce American Style. Ah, yeah, I think I've seen that. Film. And so the idea was they put it, we had a little, like kind of a, a big cushiony pad in the back and we were all supposed to sort of, you know, sleep. Uh, fall asleep. The older kids could watch the movie. I was too young. But the trailer, the trailer that came on before Divorce American Style stuck with me for the next 40 years of my life. And it was, um, it was called The Queen of Blood. Yeah. I was a, a female vampire in outer space. And I, that trailer, a two minute trailer stayed with me, as I say, for the next 40 years and haunted my, my dreams. And I had dreams yeah. about, you know, blood suckers from outer space and, yeah. uh, I've uh, been fascinated with vampires, all the Hammer films yeah, and all of that. Yeah, this happened in Oakville uh, when I was admitted to the hospital, uh-huh. and I and I went to it. People were scared of me, you know, and 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 said, what the heck is going on with this guy? I was making noises, and I, to this day I can still do that. I, I'll give you an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Earl, do you think you're a vampire? Do you suspect you, know, you might be? I, no, I don't know. Uh, something, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I take medication, um, Richard. Okay. And um, I, uh, but I mean, um, it's uh, something that I can do, but I don't suck blood or anything like that. That's you know? good to know. Well, yeah. Earl, thank you for checking in. Listen, I believe, I good, always good to hear, hear from you, Earl. Hope we'll hear from you again. I, I, um, I believe in energy vampires. I mean, you know, people, you know, you know who they are, right? You've been affected by an energy vampire. They walk in the room. It's someone you know. They might be nice people. They might be a nice person, but for whatever reason, when you're around them, they drain you. Do you know what I'm talking about, Ian? Do you know somebody like that? Albert, do you know? Do you have any vamp- 
energy vampires in your life? I, yeah, just feel more tired usually than than normal. When you like, hang around them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, an energy vampire. How about you, Ryan? Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's not like they're, they're, a, they're necessarily bad people. They can be. Uh, but oftentimes, uh, they don't even, they're not even aware of it. So I believe in energy vampires. Do I believe in reanimated corpses, uh, that walk the night looking for human blood? Not as, no, no, I don't. Although I did, I did happen to, um, I traveled to England, to the south of England, and I interviewed, is now, uh, Bishop Manchester, Bishop Sean Manchester, um, who claims to be a descendant of, uh, Lord Byron. I have no cause to doubt him. It's quite possible. Very fasc- fascinating individual. And he was involved in the famous Highgate vampire case that took place in London. It, the people were hysterical. They believed there was a vampire running around in London in 1969. And he claimed that he was one that, that destroyed the vampire. You know, stake through the heart, that whole thing. Fascinating. All right. Uh, let's see. We will say hi. We're going to go out to Mr. and Mrs. Saga and uh, say hi to Drew. Drew, good uh, good evening. Well, or good, e- good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good evening, Richard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So um, you might know the name because I totally forget the name, but you did have a guest on your show a few years ago regarding uh, poltergeists. All right. And um, guess um, causing mischief and you know hidden keys stuff like that. Could have been Rosemary Ellen Guiley. I mean, she's it, on regularly. It, it might have been. Mm-hmm. Ha- however, during your airing of that show, I was listening live on an old-fashioned radio mm-hmm. with a physical switch plugged into the wall. Nothing with a battery or a touch screen. Nothing like that. But while you were diving into that topic, and it frightened me a lot, the physical switch turned off. Whoa. So maybe you said something, maybe the guest said something that irritated something in the house. Quite possibly. Nothing has happened since. And uh, I was discussing this with a few friends uh, a couple days ago regarding like ghost stories and experiences. And I always thought they were full of nonsense, you know. But Until it happens story, to you, yes. That one instant that it happened to me, it, it stuck with me to this day, and I just wanted to share that with you. I appreciate that, Drew. Um, yeah. Thank you. You know, sort of in a related vein, whenever I have, not whenever, but oftentimes when I have Rosemary on the show and we talk about things like that, there is some glitch. Uh, either her phone goes dead or there's interference or sometimes uh, on occasion I have to pre-record my interview with Rosemary because she's not going to be available live at that time. And we have difficulty connecting with her. We get her on. The line drops off. Something goes, you know, the computer goes kaplooey. It, it it happens often enough, particularly when we're talking about things like poltergeists or the Ouija board or the, any of that kind of uh, paranormal stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it makes you think. And here's the thing. You know, I, I talk about this stuff on the air all the time, but... I've, I've had one paranormal experience my entire life, never seen a UFO. You know, I don't see ghosts. I, I, I may have seen something 30 some years ago, but that's it. Um, but, um, when people tell me about things that happened to them, and you can see the sincerity, they're either Academy Award winning actors or they are being genuine. They experience something. What that something is, not 100% sure, but I believe you. I believe that happened. Thank you. Uh, William, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. What's on your mind? Hello, Richard. I'd like to talk about electromagnetic 
microwave voice to skull mind control by remote control by remote satellite surveillance William we're going to do that we've got the music creeping up which means it's time to take a time out hold on to the line William we will talk about mind control on this program if you've got a line hold on to it if not jump on board 416-360-0740 toll free from just about anywhere 1-866-740-4740 this is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Open lines till the bottom of the hour. And then for the last half hour of the program, Dave Schock will be with us. Cube Sat for Disclosure. And this is a, uh, a mini-satellite, low-Earth orbit satellite uh, to be launched. And uh, it's designed to hunt for UFOs and other space anomalies. And Dave Schock was the uh, sort of spearheaded a crowdfunding campaign. They have raised the money to launch this satellite. We'll find out more uh, after the bottom of the hour. Right now, again, open lines till the bottom of the hour. William joins us from Toronto. Wanted to talk about mind control. You mentioned voice to skull, William. Uh, are you? Do you believe you are a victim? Yeah, I was until I figured out how to how to handle it. Uh, there's all kinds of these thoughts uh, being zapped into my mind, and I, I, I said to myself, these are not my thoughts. Uh, where are these things coming from? No one's going to believe a thing I say unless I do some research. And I did some research, and I came up with all kinds of things. When did this be- begin for you, William? Um, th- this began about three years ago after my, my wife uh, passed away. And uh, and probably a little bit before then. So you you would you you don't hear voices. You just you have these thoughts that pop into your mind. Yeah, these they're zapped in there, and they're not my thoughts. Um, what were they? What were they? What were these thoughts? Were they asking you to hurt yourself? Or no, nothing of the sort. Other people have had those, those thoughts. My thoughts were uh, uh, to be congenial and. and uh, to be complacent and not to speak about these kind of things. Hmm. When did you begin to suspect that you may have been that you were being targeted? Um, a gang stock targeted person. Uh, that's another issue, and, and that's uh, uh, happening to me as well. Um, uh, I knew about the gang stock targeting person about three years ago. Yeah, about about three years ago. No, but when did you begin to suspect that these? Thoughts that were being zapped into your head were the result of you being targeted. Okay, uh, because the thoughts that were coming into my head were not my own. Right. Uh, and 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 I said to myself, I don't think like this. Where is these? Where are these right. thoughts coming from? Uh, an example is uh, uh, I write a lot of uh, music and lyrics and poetry, and some of the poems I came up with. Uh, I wasn't writing them. I wrote them so fast, and uh, uh, they were not my words. They were just coming from uh, some, some evil, I call it an evil sickness uh, source. Fascinating. And um, I, I wrote about 15 of those poems. They, they were so horrific, I, I threw. I just kept one, I threw out the rest. And um, This is not me, I said, said to myself, so I, I better do some research and find out what it is. Where did you go for your research? Uh, I went to the internet. I went to YouTube and uh, and found out uh, see what I can find there. 
my view of YouTube is 90% is not quite right and 10% is fairly good. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's yeah. a good ratio. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I found a few authors, if I could mention those. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one is a psychiatrist, uh, Dr. John R. Hall. He wrote a book on all of this kind of uh, surveillance. Uh, he's not a psychologist. He's a he's a pain he's a medical doctor, but he specializes in in uh, in pain management. But, well, but he also is an expert on, on this. Yes, uh, he is. He's uh, I know John very well. Oh, well, you he, do. Okay, very yeah. good. And then you you know the other guy too, uh, the Dr. Uh, Colin Ross. I don't know him, but well, actually, no, I have met him down in uh, Texas. He, in, yeah, uh, he's, in he's a Canadian. And he has his business down in Texas, and he speaks in Toronto fairly often. Yes, I know Colin. I've had him on my TV show and on the radio show. There you go. I missed out on that. And um, he has a new book uh, coming out in in a few months ago in March, he said he was. So you were able to stop these uh, thoughts. How did you do it? uh, Build a Faraday cage, or what did you do? No, I I went. I I said, okay, uh, I'm a part-time Christian, and now I'm a full-time Christian. (laughs) All right. Not on Sundays only. Um, uh, I, I went to, to the Bible, and I started uh, finding out things, uh, and I asked, uh, I did some praying, and I asked, Lord Jesus the Christ, what is going on here? Please help me. And slowly but surely, he revealed things to me that uh, uh, I should do. I, I, I got uh, uh, to know about deliverance ministries, um, <clears throat> and I read, read a lot of books on, uh, on that, and then I got... Uh, Deliverance ministry techniques like binding and loosening, loosening and casting out demons and all that kind of thing. Well, this is interesting, William. I mean, uh, uh, I believe powerful prayers can go a lot further than a Faraday cage. I agree with you on that score. But maybe what you're because these whatever these whoever was responsible for these thoughts was responding to these prayers. Maybe it's not some shadowy, uh, you know, uh, f- figure. Uh, in some government agency or whatever responsible. Oh, yes, maybe, it is. It is? Because I, oh, I was going to yes, say maybe... Is, uh, this uh, technology is uh, uh, demon technology. They made a deal uh, All right. with the greys, uh, let, let's say, uh, or the tall whites or whatever you want to call them. And they made a deal and they said, we'll give you this technology and you use it against the people instead of for good purposes and for our agenda and... Um, and the higher level of uh, uh, that rule of this world uh, went along with it. How did that, did that, was that information imparted to you through prayer? That was, uh, yeah, you, you, the more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more discernment you have, and the more things you reveal, and, and the more things you figure out, and the more your mind clears up, and the more you uh, just bind and loose and cast these things out to the less they come back and now they're not coming back whatsoever uh, are you being targeted in any other way remotely yes yeah, remotely yes uh, um, there is a lot of uh, concern about this uh, in the in the last few weeks here from from uh, uh, the communications minister Ralph Goodale he said a lot of people were being uh, their iPhones are being uh, their, their cell phones are being uh, surveilled in Ottawa he said uh, he doesn't know who's doing it, but he does know that uh, the RCMP have the technology and they don't use it unless they uh, get permission from the court. Uh, I know that's not the case whatsoever because I've seen how uh, people ask, how the Crown asks for te- this kind of surveillance in the court, and the, the, it's just granted. And um, then uh, our, our Prime Minister, 
um, has a, um, uh, wants to change a few things in Bill C-51. He wants the, 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 the um, police to go to the court and get uh, permission from the court, from the judge, uh, based on solid ground and good reason, not just... Well, but that's, that's surveillance that's happening at sort of, a, you know, uh, in our face at a government-type level. But, uh, but you, what you're talking about is above, above and beyond that. I mean, do you, for example... Um, are, are you being? Do you feel like uh, a pain in the middle of the night that wakes you up out of a sleep? Are you having sleep disruption, that kind of thing? Not anymore. I used to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning every night, no matter how tired I was or no matter how well I had slept previously. Um, um, uh, 4 a.m., I used to wake up for no reason at all. And, but now I don't do that. I can sleep. Well, William, I'm, I'm glad that things at least are are, are improving for you, and um, you're, um, it's inspiring uh, to know that you can do this, you know, without having to, you know, purchase all of these uh, anti-surveillance uh, equipment and, and uh, build Faraday cages. You're doing it simply so through Faraday, the I power know, of par- yeah. prayer. I know about Faraday cages from Dr. John R. Hall and... Uh, they're, they're useful, but they're not practical. No, not you can't live in a Faraday cage for the rest of your life. William, great to hear from you. I hope you'll check in again with another update. Thank you okay, so much. Now, before you go, how yep. do I get more information to you uh, off the air? Uh, email me through my website. No, I have no internet for me. Uh, all right, then I guess... Bring it down in person. Well, you could just drop something in the mail. Use snail mail. Okay, snail mail. 70 Jefferson Avenue. Okay. Toronto. And uh, Ian, do you happen to know the uh, the postal code here off uh, by hand, uh, offhand? Uh, he's going to look that up for me. But it's yes, yeah, seventy just uh, to the conspiracy show, seventy Jefferson Avenue, Toronto. And Ian has the postal code. Jot this down. M six K three H four. M six three. M six K three H four. M six K three H four. Yep. All right, William. I'll be on the lookout for it. Thank you. All right, we go now to uh, Oshawa, and uh, Paul is with us with another close encounter in Scarborough. Paul joined us last week, and he's here again. Hey, Paul, welcome. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Uh, how are you keeping tonight? Very well, thank you. We just launched our new format, and I think it's going swimmingly. It's going very well. You have a great menu. All right, Paul, what's in, what do you have uh, in store for us uh, this evening? Another sighting? Oh, well, um, I just wanted to finish off the details from uh, last time I spoke to you uh, about the close encounter I had over Scarborough of the pear-shaped UFO uh, with rotating lights around a larger light that stayed on orange and yellow. Right, and this you had multiple uh, corroborating witnesses on this one as well, co-workers and so forth. Yes, uh, and, a, and a stranger, of course, who had pointed it out to me. Um, so when... The uh, UFO was out of sight now to the north, moving slow with a high-pitched uh, beeping sound. Uh, we went back to work, and I'm around car pickup, and after about 10, 15 minutes, we heard a strange uh, whirling kind of sound, like like above the sky, and uh, Chuck, who was collecting carts, the witness, yelled across the parking lot, did you hear that? And I said, I heard that, and we got together, we looked around the sky, we could see a trail from the sky from the west uh, to the east, approximately where the UFO had originally been. And we looked to the east, uh, maybe as far as Pickering or somewhere beyond in the Durham region, and we noticed a bright red-white light uh, going red, going white, 
uh, pulsating very high in the sky. We watched for about uh, a couple of minutes at most, and it went out and reappeared south, uh, probably over the lake or uh, boring along the land and lake, uh, and did the same thing for about a minute or two and went out. Uh, and so uh, that was the end of what I had seen. And uh, I'm just going to bring you up to another sighting that is very similar, and I hope any listener who is a witness who had seen this, it happened uh, in the month of August. It was either 1988 or 1989. I was going down the Don Valley Parkway at 11 o'clock p.m. on a Friday in August, and I noticed motorists had pulled alongside the Don Valley heading south, and I could see them out of their vehicles looking and pointing towards the CN Tower, and that same type of object I had witnessed in 1977 was sitting stationary at the CN Tower blue, green, yellow, red, uh, with an orangey light in the center, just sitting there stationary at the CN Tower. I thought, well... Um, well, from a distance, it may have looked like it was at the CN Tower, but in fact, it could have been miles away from the CN Tower. Uh, well, Rich, it looked pretty pretty close to it. Right. Uh, sitting okay. there. Uh, I, I was uh, floored by noticing the same pattern of lights so as something you don't forget. And, uh, you know, there, there were, uh, a number of vehicles pulled along the side, uh, looking at it, you know, that had seen it. Pulled, pulled it along the side of the Don Valley Parkway, heading south. Correct. Yes. Really? Yeah. So, Again, so for people listening, this was August, a Friday, either 1988 or 1989. At 11 p.m. Well, 11 p.m. Well, there must have been thousands and thousands of people who saw that. Uh, I would assume hundreds must have at least seen it, uh, was there... as you say, maybe thousands. And, of course, when you talk about UFO sightings, uh, you'll find that uh, in probability or in stats, some people who witness a, a UFO sighting, funny enough, will later forget the next day. Yes, I've heard that. The other thing is you'll have, let's say, for example, my oh, uh, a perfect example, a uh, good friend of the program, Ali Siadatan, who's been on talking uh, about UFOs, and, and uh, he's a documentary filmmaker, and he talks about an experience he had when he went back to um, Iran to visit his father. His father and his stepmother in the car, they're making a uh, um, an overnight trip by car, and uh, they saw a huge craft uh, come down, hover, and go into the ground. And uh, it was like... In the following days, they just didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it. And I hear this time and time again. Whether people are so uh, jarred by the experience that they, they, they want to block it out, they don't want to talk about it. But you'll have multiple uh, people involved in a sighting, and yet they don't talk about it amongst themselves. Sometimes forever. What is that all about? Across, I have come across many people uh, speaking to people. Uh, to tell me, I've never told anybody this before, and will tell me a story, and uh, have been uh, some incredible stories uh, coming out of the water, uh, even a daylight sighting when their children hovering over them, and they're running in the bushes scared, and this is in Scarborough. Hmm. Uh, but I've heard I've heard uh, a story of a fella in a village where the whole village was down there because it was uh, a large UFO in the day over a lighthouse, 
and the next day uh, it was like 95% had forgotten about the sighting. Paul, how many over the years, and you've been on the program many times, uh, particularly early on when we launched this show, you were uh, a regular caller. How many sightings have you had in total throughout your life? Uh, I would say anywhere between 500 to 600 sightings. 500 to 600. Why you? Well, that's the $64 million question. But uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing uh, it has something to do possibly uh, if you want to get to the root of it, of your soul. So you know you've heard uh, there are new souls, uh, there are young souls, and there are old souls. And these souls travel throughout uh, many realms, many dimensions, and uh, various uh, layers uh, where, uh, you know, this kind of understanding the way we live are, is a little more different than in other realms. And, of course, here I come and land on this planet, just like anybody else, and uh, I may assume that there are uh, various uh, cosmic families that are interested where their family souls are. Paul, i got to leave it there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry we're out of time, but thank you for checking in again. I appreciate the update. Always fascinating to hear from Paul in Oshawa and his multiple UFO sightings. All right, Dave Schock is standing by. Cube Sat for Disclosure. Next on The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations... Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You know, crowdfunding is a wonderful thing, and you see some interesting campaigns uh, on, uh, on Kickstarter, for example, people trying to raise money for various projects. Uh, it's not often, though, you see a, uh, a Kickstarter campaign to launch a satellite intended to hunt for UFOs, but that's exactly what Dave Schock did. It's called CubeSat for Disclosure, Low Earth Orbit Satellite, the first satellite for UFO research. And um, Dave Schock joins us on the line. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Dave. Hey, thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. Great. My pleasure. So... Uh, First of all, bring us up to like the latest. You you you've raised sufficient funds, and where are you now in terms of a launch date? Well, uh, we have raised a little over thirty thousand so far, and the whole project was going to be right about fifty thousand, and uh, we are still a little short because our uh, data cost is uh, really expensive. What it is, it's going to be around thirty thousand a month. Or three thousand a month, pardon, uh, for our data uh, costs. And uh, when you say data uh, costs, Dave, you mean the satellite is sending information, data, da- back down to Earth. So in order to to make the connection to the satellite on a monthly basis to pull down that information, uh, it's yes, going to cost exactly. three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it sure is, and that's where we really do uh, still need donations to help out. Uh, what's we have a site set up, and you can go to CubeSat.tech, and you can read more about the satellite and uh, all that's going on with it. Uh, the project manager, the fellow that come up with it, is Dave Cote. He's the one that uh, come up with the project. See, uh, back in 08, I actually come up with the idea of putting up a satellite. 
And I went through the whole process, and it was going to be $200 million to do it. Oh, so many. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lord. Well, but, obviously, uh, obviously, you found a discounted uh, way to go about this. How, how did you manage to bring your costs down from $200 million to yeah, I tens know, of thousands? Yeah, I know. That's something, Richard. See, uh, that was the whole thing. In 08, they really wasn't popular. And uh, CubeSats come into play some years later, and they got cheaper and cheaper. And like I say, we can do this whole project for $50,000 compared to $200 million back in the day. So it's amazing. See, well, I, the, I the key here is miniaturization, right? So miniaturization. earlier we were playing a, a, a video that you sent, uh, a mock-up of the CubeSat. Now, that's a, a, a little model. Do you have that with you handy there? I sure do. Can you hold that up for us? I sure will. Uh, I can't tell. I'm kind of trying to see it. Okay, here we go. We're just waiting for. This is Dave Shock uh, with us, and uh, this is the. There's the CubeSat. How? What's the rate? Is that the actual size? This is the actual size. You can see it compared to my hand. Wow. Really, pretty little. It is very little. Size of a shoebox. And as you see, these little flimsy, these are actually tape measures for the mock-up. Right. But this is how it's done. They're folded into shape, and when it's deployed off of the launcher up there, they will spring into shape, as you see. And you'll see there's, there's uh, uh, our uh, solar panels. And on each side, there will be a camera port that's on each side of the satellite. Right. And one will be pointing down, and one will be pointing up. Right. And so we'll have a heck of a view of the satellite as it's up there. You know, okay. From Earth, anything that comes into view, uh, we'll have a, we'll be able to see it, and it's instantly downloaded so people, everybody can see it. No one's going to touch these photos. It's instant for everyone. So if something comes in, everyone knows right away. There's no NASA grabbing hold of them or anybody like that. You right. Know. And you know the view from the space station. They, we see something come in and poof, oh, we lost signal. From what, a billion-dollar space station, we lost signal? Imagine that, right. <laughs> Imagine that. So we're doing this. It's the people doing this. It's, you know? it's fascinating to me, Dave, that no one thought of this before, that this is the first time that someone's thought to launch this CubeSat uh, to, to hunt for UFOs. I thought, you know, Stephen Greer is going to be on the program in a few weeks and and uh, others, you know, why hasn't anyone thought of this before? I know, you know, I come up with it no way, but yet it was so expensive. And, you know, I had been in contact with many in the UFO field during that, like James Fox, David Sarita. David Sarita said that uh, uh, back, you know, back then it was uh, he was in touch with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd even gave us a thumbs up back then, but we couldn't raise that kind of money. That was too much. Okay, and what's but, the CubeSat? The actual, I mean, the money you raised was for the launch, but what's the what's the price yes. tag on a on the CubeSat? Okay, like I say, it was total of about fifty thousand. That pays for data and all. Ah, the CubeSat itself. Mm, well, the launch was sixteen thousand. Okay, we've already paid it. We paid it to interorbital systems. They're out of the Mojave Desert at the space air and spaceport. There, they uh, they're the ones that are launching it and. They're a little behind. They're having a problem a little bit with some guidance and things like that. But uh, we're looking at hopefully by the end of the year. That's what we're hoping. We should be in orbit at around 190 miles up. That's low orbit. Yeah, yeah. 
Even the space station is considered low Earth orbit. They're at 230 miles somewhere around there. Can anyone launch a CubeSat? What are the restrictions? Yeah, yeah, actually anybody can. Uh, uh, many uh, schools have done it and put them together as classrooms. Uh, there's been uh, some that have been through uh, uh, the ham radio operators have put them up. Uh, anybody really can do it, especially for the price nowadays. I mean, we crowdfunded this, and like I say, we've got a little over 30000 so we're hoping that we can get some more donations, help pay for this, because uh, uh, we're still behind. You know, we, we have enough, but we pay for the launch. The satellite is pretty well being built, but it's the data cost that's really going to get us. 3000 a month. That's uh, that's a lot of money, you know, right. just to send data back, yeah. And just give us a sense of the, who else is involved in your team, Dave. So you have, yeah, sure. you have the We t- have Dave Cote, Dave Cote. project manager, come up with it. Right. He's out of Vancouver. Uh, and we also have Curtis Hedges. Curtis Hedges is the uh, owner of TBLN Films. He's done quite a bit of uh, stuff in films with uh, uh, Jose Escamillo. Oh, yes, and, Jose, about, yeah. talking about rods. I know Jose. Oh, listen, Dave, stay put. We're coming uh, up to a break here. Sure. On the other side, Dave Shock, CubeSat for Disclosure. They've got the money, well, most of it now, to launch this miniature satellite. They need a little bit of help uh, with the uh, the data costs, about 3000 a month. We'll tell you how you can donate and uh, more of our conversation coming up on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Dave Schock is with us. Spearheaded the crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter to raise money to launch a mini satellite. It's called a CubeSat into low Earth orbit, about 190 miles up there, uh, just uh, below the uh, the International Space Station, which is also in uh, in low Earth orbit. And the idea is this would be the first satellite designed to hunt for UFOs. And uh, earlier, uh, Dave held up this little mini-satellite. It's the si- literally the size of a shoebox. So what that means is, instead of a $200 million price tag to launch kind of a standard-sized satellite up there, you bring the cost down to about 50000 which includes building the, the, the mini-satellite and, uh, and launching it. And uh, it will be launched by this company out in the uh, the Mojave Desert. Did we uh, did we lose Dave? Oh, I'm still here. Oh, there you are, Dave. Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> excellent. How can people? Uh, you still need uh, you need um, kind of a constant source now of income or revenue yes, rather for the three thousand dollars per month for the, uh, the for the data. Uh, yeah, it costs ca- a lot to do that. It, it's amazing the data costs. Three thousand dollars a month. Well, how are you going to monitor this thing? How are you going to monitor this thing? Because you know, let's say a UFO comes into view and it snaps. Is it video or photographs? It's going to take. This will be photographs. What it is? These are HD cameras that will be taking photos every five seconds, and they will be constantly streaming down thumbnails. Wow, that's a lot of data. That's a full-time job to monitor. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's going to be. But we do have motion detection that will detect if something odd comes into view. We'll be notified immediately, but we're going to have somebody monitoring the whole time. And then when that happens, it will send a backlog of HD photos down, which is more data. And then we'll actually have HD photos taken uh, and be able to watch what's going on. Plus, we have a magnetometer on board to get any kind of magnetic anomalies. 
And we also have a scintillation counter, which is a Geiger counter, basically, to get any kind of radiation. Oh, there. that's interesting. So, yeah, it's not just cameras. We're actually, if we see something fly in view and fly through its trail and get a mag- magnetic anomaly or a radiation, you know, we have even more confirmation. And then it flies down in over Ohio or Arizona here, where I'm at, you know, and we get reports, then it, there we go, you know. We, we have confirmation. All right, so if people want to contribute to the uh, – are you still using Kickstarter for this? Uh, well, no, not right now. No. Else we are, we have our own site right now set up, and that's all there is. All right, so if people want to contribute, what do they do, Dave? Yeah, go to CubeSat.tech, and that should take you to a site. It's at Fine Line Labs, and that is Dave Cote's uh, uh, site set okay, up. Okay, let me, let me get the website out again. CubeSat, C-U-B-E-Sat, S-A-T dot tech. Yeah. And how you spell T-E-C-H. CubeSat.tech. Yes. All right, and that's where people can contribute. What's the... What's the lifespan of one of these CubeSats before it starts? The orbit starts to decay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's where this this is a little stickler. Okay. At 190 miles, we're only looking at it two or three months, and that's about it. Wow. And uh, it depends on space weather, which there is space weather. Anything from uh, uh, solar flares to even at the at the equator, the Earth expands a little, and the, the atmosphere is is actually out farther than it is at the poles. So Every orbit, we get a little drag, and we're only looking at two or three months at this present orbit. Now, we are looking at some options that we have with a few other uh, companies, and if we get us a sugar daddy out there, it might really don't hate. Uh, I have an option for a SpaceX uh, Falcon 9 launch up to a nearly 500 miles, and we could last for a couple of years. Ah, that's the More next expensive. level. Which would put yes. you up 500 miles into uh, yes. that orbit, and what's the price tag on that particular? Yeah. We're looking at least 150 thousand dollars on okay. just the launch. Yeah. All right, but that's really at that at that altitude and everything. That that's fantastic. We can't beat that. Now it's a Italian company. I have been in contact with them, and we're just waiting now. Uh, like I say, uh, 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 Curtis Hedges, he is working on maybe finding some sponsors. If that comes into play, we will have enough to put it up at a higher orbit, and there we go. We may be up there for a year or so, and uh, find us a. <laughs> yeah, you need a you need a benefactor with deep pockets. Uh, I, you yeah. know, I listen. No pressure, but Dan Aykroyd, if you're listening, you know this is something you should be able to get behind. I would think a lifelong uh, yeah, you know, fascination with UFOs. Sure. Into this, you know, more in the UFO community. Many have donated, and that's how we've got this far. I mean, I was at the International UFO Congress last year's. In Phoenix. And, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Because I don't live that far from Phoenix. I live a little north of Sedona. But I uh, uh, was down there, and Chase Glutsky, she was been promoting it, promoting it, and Buffon is dead behind us. It's just that we do need a big benefactor, someone like Dan Eckford to come on board or uh, some of these other networks that play a lot of this UFO stuff, Gaia, what, uh, Curiosity Stream, yeah. uh, Pepsi. I mean, you know, they did that, that video on the Black Knight satellite. What was it last year? A little short video they did on it. So they're interested. So 
We just need someone. We'll put a little watermark Pepsi on the picture there. All right. Come on. I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, Dave Schock is with us, and it's CubeSat for Disclosure, launching a mini satellite in low Earth orbit, uh, hunting for UFOs. They've raised money to build the CubeSat, which is the size of a shoebox. It's going to be uh, equipped with high-definition camera. And uh, they are ready to launch out of the Mojave Desert. The only thing they need now is some help with uh, paying the monthly fee for data. I mean, this is going to be taking photographs every five seconds and sending them back down to Earth. So it's about $3,000 a month. And again, the website is cubesat.tech. C-U-B-E-Cubesat, short for satellite, S-A-T dot T-E-C-K. Sorry, T-E-C-H. T-E-C-H, cubesat.tech. Uh, let's grab a call here. Michael in Thornhill. Good evening or good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. You're on with Dave Schock. Go ahead. Thank you. Dave, um, I was wondering about your capabilities about this CubeSat. I, I live in a little area just north of Toronto called Thornhill. And, uh, well, it's a little bit of a hot spot for UFOs. I'm wondering, will your machine be able to target certain areas that are considered hot spots on the Earth. Excellent question, Michael. Dave, can you can you yeah. uh, can you focus your lens on particular hot spots around the globe? Okay. Well, we don't have actually a zoom lens, so it'll be taking a general picture. Now, you've probably seen the video feed from the International Space Station. It will be similar to that. We won't be able to really zoom in, but we will be over all the hot spots because we'll be orbiting every ninety minutes. So we're going to end up covering the entire globe eventually. Uh, like the space station does. So, you know, the hot spots, let's hope that something happens at that time, but for zooming into the actual area, no, we're not really able to do that, but, you know, we'll, we will be able to cover the area. Like, there's hot spots right here where I live, supposedly. I've never seen them here, but I'm sure we'll at least get some photos over it. <laughs> uh, if I could ask you again, uh, Dave, could you, could you hold up the, um, the, uh, sure. the, the mock-up of the uh, the CubeSat again, so people uh, watching on the live YouTube stream can see it. Dave Schock is with us, and um, he is the uh, the man who spearfunded or spearheaded rather the the crowdfunding campaign to raise money for this miniature satellite, low Earth orbit satellite that'll hunt for UFOs. And uh, again, uh, Dave, do you have a you don't have a firm launch date, but do you have a kind of a, a, a rough idea? Is it going to be before the end of the year? We're hoping before the end of the year. We really don't know. I'm in contact with them often, and they've just been a bit behind. They're actually part of the uh, Google X Prize to the moon, so they're actually uh, sending something to the moon here coming up uh, early next year. So, you know, they're they're a pretty good company, and they stand behind us. They love the UFO stuff. They're really interested in it, and to have a rocket company that stands behind you like that is pretty good. And we also have been in talk with uh, maybe crowdfunding one other mission, and that is possibly sending CubeSats to image the moon. Once and for all, ah, for yes. us, I've already got a price from them. It is pretty steep, but it's but we were talking about sending three CubeSat lights to the moon to image the entire moon for us to see if their structures or anything like that, like people have said. Uh, we'll, we'll have them cover that even. So that's our next. Let me ask you, Albert, can you put Dave full screen here so we can get a... a the control went to Studio D. 
Yeah. I, oh, I don't know what that means, but anyway, we're working on it. We're going to try to get a full uh, screen image of you, Dave, so you can hold up the, uh, the satellite again. If not, sure. we'll... Uh, There'll be pictures online and so forth. And people, where can people see the video, the the, the video that you sent us of the mock-up? Where can people see that? Oh, um, I, didn't, I didn't actually send a video of the mock-up. Oh. Um, Dave Cote has an, the actual video of the exact satellite. He has been working on it, and he sent out a small video here. Oh, gosh, it was about a month ago. We have your full screen, uh, Dave, if you can hold that uh, up again. Yeah, we have you up on the full screen on the YouTube uh, stream. Okay. All right, we'll have a look at that uh, in oh, a second. Eyes of a darn shoebox. Ain't that something? And all the technology, you can see the, the uh, solar panels will be on the one side. And we'll have a camera port here. Right. And we'll on the other side so we get up and a down view. And it's kind of open just to show that there's electronics inside. Right. This will be completely covered. What size of and, rocket uh, do you need to put that thing into orbit? She's pretty good size. Yeah, she's pretty good size. Um, I don't know the actual measurements of the rocket that they're using on this one. Because, like I say, they're still pretty new, and they've been doing testing. And I'm not sure of the exact rocket that they'll be sending. But it's a pretty good size one because it's not going to launch just us. It's going to be launching... Uh, quite a few different CubeSats at the same time. Oh, I see. So, uh, okay, there's multiple yeah. CubeSats yeah, being launched. That makes sense. Quite a few, maybe 12, or maybe even up to 20. Uh, it's hard to say how many they will actually launch out at the time. Now, uh, I don't want to put ideas in any uh, anybody's heads, anyone out there listening, uh, ne'er-do-wells out there, but are you concerned at all about sabotage? Because, uh, you know, there is this yeah. this lid oh, cool. on, uh, on 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 uh, the UFO uh, secret, and... Um, yeah. You know, they're yeah, going to catch so wind far, No knock at the door yet. We <laughs> have heard nothing. It's been silent. And we've been at this for over a year now. So I would have figured that if something would have happened, you know, we, they would have said something. Unless they got a missile sitting somewhere with our name on it. And that last photo we get says United States Army on the side or something as it hits us. So we'll at least have proof that they did it. But, uh, you know, we're hoping that there shouldn't be a problem. Excellent. I'm hoping. Dave, uh, congratulations on at least taking it this far. I think it's a brilliant idea. You're to be commended. Let me give the website again. It's cubesat.tech. Cubesat, C-U-B-E-S-A-T, S-A-T, dot tech, T-E-C-H. They're looking for donations to help pay the uh, the data costs, $3,000 a month. Incidentally, Dave, have you, been on, your help. have you been on Coast to Coast? No, I haven't been on yet. That's Let's do one that. of the shows I haven't been on. Let's do that next month, my friend. Yes, yes, please. All right. You never know who's listening. All right. My thanks to Ian, Ryan, Albert. Back next week with a brand new program. Hope you'll be along for the ride. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light, what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. <laughs>